In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And welcome to Monday, everybody. I hope you U.S. citizens out there enjoyed a very lovely, lovely Thanksgiving weekend and a long time away from your job and your work and everyday stresses. I know I did, but we're back. And today we've got a fabulous guest, someone I truly enjoy speaking to at every opportunity I can get. He is prosperity expert Randy Gage, and Randy rose from a jail cell as a teen to become a self-made millionaire, and he believes that you should be one as well. Along the way, Randy overcame addictions, getting shot, and near bankruptcy to go on to inspire millions around the world. Today, he's the author of nine international bestsellers, which have been translated into 25 languages. His new and latest book is Risky is the New Safe, and it debuted number one at Barnes & Noble. And you know what? It quickly rose to number one on the bestseller lists at Wall Street Journal Business and USA Today Money as well. And I've read it, and I love it. Risky is the new safe, and it's been called a step-by-step blueprint for succeeding in today's new world and a survival guide for an increasingly unpredictable future. So today we're here with this very gifted thought leader to talk about his bold vision for how to prosper in the new economy. And so I would very much like to welcome Randy Gage to the Million Dollar Mindset. Welcome, Randy. It's great to hear your voice again, Randy. Hey, tell us, you know, for for the, the people listening who are new to your teachings, tell us a little bit about your background, your childhood growing up, and how you came to where you are today. It's just an amazing story. Yeah, I guess I was, uh, I always figured the aliens must have dropped me on my mother's doorstep in a basket or something. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been raised by those people, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I just never fit in. I don't know. I just felt I was kind of unhappy as a kid and made a lot of bad choices. You know, as a teenage alcoholic, teenage drug addict, got into trouble with the law. I was actually in jail by the time I was 15 years old. So I really did make some <clears throat> some very bad choices early in my life. And thankfully, I was able to turn it around later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thankfully for, for millions of people who are learning from you about the the transformation that you've created internally and in the lives of many. Wow. So, so Randy, 
I think that <laughs> I speak for myself, but I think that we're both probably old enough to have seen several cycles of change in technology and the economy. And in Risky is the New Safe, you talk about those. But what's the difference this time? What's the difference about how things are changing today and how the changes that you and I and others have seen in the past? It is changing exponentially quicker than it ever has at any time in human history. And we're going to face some challenges. We're going to face some questions that need answering in the next 10 or 15 years that will be more important to human history than anything in the last 1,000 years. I mean, that's how cataclysmic some of these changes are going to be. Hmm. Tell me a little bit more about that. What kind of an example can you possibly give us? Well, you look at virtual reality and how fast that's going, and then know that we're going to be looking soon at virtual reality sex, right? That yeah. will probably rip the fabric of relationships and marriage more than anything we've ever seen in human history. And it'll pose all kind of, and of course, it'll, uh, and obviously the whole point of my book is the opportunities all these things create, right? Because it'll be opportunities for learning lessons for parents and teaching moments and therapists and psychiatrists and psychologists and addiction counselors and mental health centers and all that. But I mean, that's something coming up quickly that really will be a cataclysmic threat. Um, We're Within 10 years, I think, we're in 2012, I think before 2022, we'll be at the point where artificial intelligence surpasses all of acquired human knowledge since history, all of it. Wow. Wow. And yeah, that, I mean, go, it depends on your arithmetic, if what calendar you believe. But, you know, if you go by my calendar, that the science I see, it was about a billion years ago when the, what became the first single cell organism up to the advent of human intelligence. This, when artificial intelligence surpasses human intelligence, that'll be a bigger deal than anything that's happened in a billion years, okay? Forget a thousand, that's a billion. Um, We've never had to face that kind of, because, and it seems crazy right now. Interesting, I was reading a book, I just discovered it a couple of weeks ago, called The The Age of Spiritual Machines by Ray Kurzweil, who's this brilliant guy. And it's funny, he wrote it about 10 years ago, and he's talking about the day will come when artificial intelligence surpasses human, and, and of course, that it doesn't now, because, you know, you, computers don't understand language, and they can't translate language, and they can't recognize patterns, and of course... So he wrote this 10 years ago. I'm reading it now, three weeks ago. And I'm saying, it's funny. I was just talking about that with Siri on my iPhone. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm sure Siri had an earful for you. (laughs) Yeah, because these things that, of course, he's theorizing about 10 years ago are already taking place. And see that I mean, that will be the most cataclysmic thing. And so think of it now if. Because you're going to be able, let's say it's 2020, you're going to be able to say, okay, computer, and this computer you're talking to is going to be the size of a cigarette pack or an iPad Nano or something, right? And you're going to say, read every 
teaching on philosophy and human history from Plato to Socrates to Ayn Rand and everybody in between. And that'll take like three minutes. And then you're going to say, because again, if you go with the exponential speed with which computing power and memory and all of these metrics and we measure computers with are expanding, I mean, it's, it's not mind-boggling to think that that could happen in six years, seven years, eight years. Mm-hmm. So then you say, okay, now read everything, the acquired knowledge of the human race, every book, every blog, every website, every magazine, every article, every email, everything. And that'll take like 10 minutes. So now you have a computer which has the combined accumulation of all human intelligence plus combined accumulation of all artificial intelligence can now make decisions, assumptions. I mean, it sounds crazy now, but, if, you know, if you did you use your GPS in your car anytime recently? Did you ever take a wrong turn? Did not the computer say, hey, you made a mistake, please make the next available U-turn? That's a cognitive decision. It is. And, so right. yeah, the, the way this is advancing, there'll come a point, six years, eight years, nine years, the only word you're going to be able to use to describe what this computer does is going to be emotion or discernment or some very human-sounding word like that. Wow, that's a big that's that's a big vision, Randy. And yet, you make a very solid argument for it. And it feels when I go into that human uh, feeling and emotion, it feels risky. It already feels unsafe to think about something like that in many ways. And, and with all of these changes, you know, you named your new book "Risky Is the New Safe." How can taking more risk actually be safe for people who already feel a threatened, you know, state of safety? Yeah, because all the rules have changed. You know, like when I grew up, my mother said, go to school, get an education, get a job for a big company. You're going to be set for life. That was safe then. That's risky now. Uh, Wait around for Social Security and retire and think the government's going to take care of me. I mean, I guess they thought that was safe 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It sure isn't safe now. The rules have changed. So you really have to take personal responsibility for your prosperity because those rules have all changed. And is there a way to do that for people who are not entrepreneurial? Because when I think of personal responsibility like that, I think of being entrepreneurial, being creative, going out and creating new ways to help people and to make money. But many people aren't entrepreneurial. What about that situation? It's true. Many people are not entrepreneurial, but they have to learn some stuff from entrepreneurs, and they have to take a page from their book. And like my book, I'm I'm pleasantly and happily not surprised, but maybe confirmed that a lot of companies are buying fifty or five hundred or a hundred and giving them to all their top level people. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, I didn't write it to be a business book. I wrote a, a how to be success book or a wealth creation book. But they really recognize the entrepreneurial philosophy that goes through the whole book. And because and entrepreneurs always are the mavericks. Entrepreneurs always are the innovators. Entrepreneurs always are the decision makers, the people who take chances, take risks, get things done. And even corporate people, executives and VPs and managers, they have to think like an entrepreneur if they want to keep their companies around. 
another couple of years because it isn't going to happen otherwise. Right. Absolutely. You have to have that, that, that creative way of looking at things and be willing to take some risk. We're going to go into a break. And uh, when we come back from that break in a few minutes, I have a question from one of our listeners for you. And I'd like to, of course, talk more about the uh, philosophies that you cover in, in your wonderful book. I've read it. I love it. And I'm eager to learn more. So stay tuned, everybody. And in the meanwhile, why don't you head on over to Inc. and read this week's column at Inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen Tabaka. We'll see you back here in just a moment. the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka, and we'll be right back after these. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on toginet.com. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And welcome back. We are here with Randy Gage. And going into break, we were talking about artificial intelligence surpassing that of human intelligence. And that just feels so big and and uh, almost inconceivable, I'm sure, to many. Randy, what kinds, as a result of this, what kinds of jobs and business models, for instance, do you see disappearing forever? Mm-hmm. 
It's not breaking news if I tell you the typesetter jobs aren't coming back or the travel agent jobs or the neighborhood video store clerk, right? We all, you know, we've all come to deal with that. But there are so many. Even if you take a detective on the police force, right? How do you do that now? You say, well, you, you walk a beat, you work your way up. But we're already at the point where to be a detective, you really need a degree in forensic medicine, biogenetic engineering, knowing what DNA is, because that's how crimes are solved. Or you need a, a degree in forensic computing so you can track white-collar crime through 27 shell corporations and five different offshore tax havens. Um, Open-heart surgery. The If you're a parent now and you're trying to prepare your kid for the future, you know, the the best jobs of 2018 haven't even been invented yet, so we don't know what they are. But we could say that if you're an open-heart surgeon now, you went to school for 10 years, 12 years, you've been practicing for 20 years, but we could say in 2020 your skills are really obsolete and you'd need to be completely retrained because open-heart surgery is going to be done with a joystick and robotics from a control room somewhere. And the patient's on the other side of the window or the patient's 3,000 miles away. Even the most basic minimum wage job, pick and pack in a warehouse, let's say, your ability to get that job, keep that job, get a promotion, get a raise, may come from your skill wearing a, uh, a robotic suit, an exoskeleton suit, which allows you to lift four boxes of bathtubs and load them on a shelf or a truck or a land speeder. I mean, I was watching a Discovery Channel show, and I saw a guy pick up a car and throw it off a cliff because he's wearing mm-hmm. an exoskeleton suit. So not only are we going to have millions of jobs eliminated by technology, but there's millions of existing jobs that will need to be retrained because mm-hmm. of technology. And there's, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity in all that. Mm-hmm. I actually have a friend who was to undergo a um, um, fairly serious surgery uh, last week, Monday, and uh, he went in for his preliminary exam, and the doctor said we're going to delay it until the first week of December because now there's a robot available here at the hospital who can do this, that can do this surgery, and mm-hmm. it's not available until the first week of December. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's really, and it's funny, the because uh, I was, uh, uh, I got a, a call from a guy who's really on the cutting edge of science, science research, and he had read the book, and he's in the medical technology field, and he said, yeah, it's funny because it, then in the the U.S. they actually had to come up with a with a law, some kind of government regulation now about how far away the patient is from the doctor who's running the joystick. Because, of course, so what it is now is a doctor in Baltimore, can because he's with a company that produces these kind of uh, uh, robotics. Mm -hmm. So a doctor in Baltimore, let's say, can operate on somebody in India or Thailand or England, but he can't operate on somebody in New York because, according to the U.S. regulation, you know, of course, the U.S. government, we got to regulate everything. Um, So now they have some kind of criteria, FDA, I don't even know who, what department, put some kind of criteria in place on how close the operator of the machine has to be to the patient. But it's already here now. 
Yeah, it is. I actually have yet another friend who just underwent about a month and a half ago a serious brain surgery, and, and we determined that the best place for her to go was to a particular doctor at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. And, you know, it was it was tens of thousands of dollars just for her to travel there and stay there for the length of time she had to stay. And, um, you know, all those things that we don't consider often and wow this will change that picture won't it yeah (laughs) wow fun so randy a few weeks ago you and i talked about it and created an article for my my ink uh my ink area and ink.com and it was called it is called winning the next wave of internet the mobile technology um and anyone out there wants to check that out, please just go to ink.com slash author slash Marla Tabaka, and you will see that. It's uh, winning the next wave of the Internet, colon, mobile. Just click on that story. You'll see Randy's viewpoints on that. But our list, one of our listeners sent in a question, and, and what he's asking, what Dave is asking is, how are mobile apps, the cloud, social media, and other rapid and escalating technological changes forcing companies to reevaluate the way that customers engage with their websites? Yeah, great question. Because social media is going to change more about marketing than anything has in the last 100 years, including radio, including television, including newspapers, including the Internet itself, just the social media aspect of it. Mobile apps change more for marketing than anything in the last 100, 200 years, and will in the next two years. Um, Social media changes more about branding. So now you look at, going more to his question, you look at, you got companies who are like trying to figure out how to do email marketing finally, when email is actually a dying breed. I mean, people are moving toward texting. They're moving toward video platforms. There's, you know, a friend of mine, he's got a four-year-old daughter, who calls her friends on her iPad, she's using FaceTime video uh, connection software, and she talks for hours. Where She she would never make a phone call because she'd get bored in a minute, but with video, and she can see her friends. So here's a four-year-old using a, a FaceTime app on a tablet, and if she even knew what email was, <laughs> she'd say it's old-fashioned, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. the um, mobile change, I mean, mobile, as you know, in the article you wrote, it really raises the question, do mobile apps make websites obsolete? Um, there's companies even now, they think, well, I have a Facebook page, fan page, do I really need a website? And then, of course, Facebook said, hey, well, now we're going to charge you money if you want your updates to be seen by the people who liked you and subscribed to your Facebook page. And a lot of you guys are listening have probably seen the, the brouhaha Mark Cuban's been railing against this, that you know companies build up, like his Dallas Mavericks build up this big following on Facebook for the team. And now Facebook says, well, yeah, you can do an update, but most of your people aren't going to see it unless you, right. you, you, make, you, know, you pay for it. So then you realize, oh, well, maybe I do need a website. But then with mobile apps and a lot of these third-party process apps, a lot of them do really make websites almost obsolete or at least hasten their irrelevance. Hmm. So so can you give us an example, Randy, of of how a business, let's say a product, actually let's do a service-based business. How can a service-based business 
push information via mobile out to their prospective clients in a way that uh, promises the best uh, the best response. Yeah, with let's say it's an accountant or a lawyer or a, a, some a consultant or some other kind of uh, a service base. I mean, you'll be able to the geographic thing, right? Anybody who walks by your business, drives by your business, cruises by in a land speeder by your business, you'll be able to send a push offering to the phone of their smartphone, the screen of their smartphone with an introductory offer. I mean, that just blows up everything we know about direct mail and interruption marketing and radio and print advertising. It changes all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And then the... The big thing is going to be these process apps, which aren't even done by businesses, but they're done by third parties. And the key for whether it's a service business or a product business is making sure that they're amenable and they can tag on to these and and coordinate with these process apps that people use to catch a cab in London, find a sushi place, rate a hotel, rate a dentist, rate a chiropractor, um, all those kind of things that you got to make sure you're congruent with them and that they're linking to you and that you're participating with these third-party apps because that's where as you know in the column you wrote one of the things i said is most if you if you forced most people today to choose and said you have to give up your five favorite websites or give up your five favorite apps most people would give up the websites because right. the apps are actually how they do business and how they do life Mm-hmm. So developing these process apps, you know, one thing that comes to mind is there's such a low barrier to entry. I mean, really, it, it doesn't, you come up with an idea, it doesn't necessarily cost a fortune to develop the app. Um, so pretty soon, everybody is going to be developing apps. What what can people do to stand out and to really succeed in that area? Well, the chapter I have in the book is titled, It's Not About the Tech. And that's the key thing for anybody working in this space to understand that it's not about the technology. It's about how people use the technology. You've got to get customer-centric, not feature-centric, because it's just natural if I say, if you're an advertising agency or you're a marketing department or a salesman, and I say, okay, we need to sell more of these widgets. You want to say, okay, what are the best features of this widget that I can promote? But that isn't how people buy. People buy and how does this impact me? How does this affect me? So you've got to start to think, okay, well, how do, what do people do with my widgets? How do my widgets make their life better? Where do these people congregate? How can I get my message in front of them? What can I offer them in terms of the benefits to their life that this widget will bring to them? And you've got to approach the, the mobile apps or any of the online stuff that we're talking about in the book or any marketing with the same way that, okay, how does this make a difference in my potential customer's life, business, relationships, health, wherever it affects them? And that's the way to approach it. It isn't about the technology. The technology is just mm-hmm. a platform for delivering the value. All right, and we are going into another break. Stay tuned. Join us in a few minutes here with Randy Gage.
Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live la bella vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions in both their business and personal lives? Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years. And now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And if you want to learn how to do more by working less, tune in to my ink column today. Check it out over at ink.com slash author slash Marla Ivan Tabaka. And if you really believe that neglecting yourself and living in overdrive will grow your business faster, it's time to debunk that myth. Learn how taking care of yourself and actually taking some time for yourself can help you grow your business bigger, better, and faster. And we're here with Randy Gage. And going into break, we're talking about the part of your book, and you're explaining a bit more about it's not about the tech, but how people can actually engage and and benefit from an app. And, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, wow, so really, it's about how not only how you design this app, but the way in which you market the app and, and the promises you can make from it. And in your book, you talk about the new reality of marketing. Tell us a little bit more about that, Randy. Yeah, because like I say, the, the, the changes that we'll see in 2013, 14, 15 will have a bigger effect on branding, marketing, connecting with your tribe, reaching customers than anything has happened in a couple hundred years. I mean, companies try to control their brand now, right? I don't know if you ever could control your brand, but they used to think they could. Now with social media, it's just blown up completely. I mean, if a guy can make a video, you know, United Airlines breaks guitars and get 5 million views in a month or two, 
how does that affect United? If if somebody can get the rats crawling around in the back of a donut shop or a taco place or the cockroaches, and they post a video on YouTube and it goes viral, how you know that's a whole new world. There's there's you you it forces companies to be transparent. It forces companies to be nimble and react immediately to concerns. So I think it's a positive thing. So I like it, but obviously there's a lot of companies very threatened by it, very scared by it, because they're running away from the technology instead of embracing it and understanding. And, you know, in the book I talk about how Jimmy Buffett uses it so brilliantly to connect with his tribe and how the the savvy marketers do, whereas other people are like, well, do I have to have one of those Twitter things? And who's going to send out those tweets? And do I have to write them myself? And, you know, they're asking the wrong question. Yes, yes. I, I, it's, it's unbelievable how many clients come to me and say, I, I don't have time for this social media stuff. And I say, well, if you don't make the time, then you're not going to have a business and you'll have all the time in the world, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah it's, it's important to make the time and to understand social media and get someone who can really help you. And the, the companies that I really admire are the companies who are actually using Facebook um, to conduct customer service. And, you know, they're, they're actually encouraging people to put their, their, I don't want to call them complaints, but their concerns right out there in Facebook. And they're addressing those concerns and fixing those problems. And, you know, what that tells me as a consumer is, hey, you know, this company is, is authentic. I really do want to do business with them. I think it's important that people grow into that, that companies grow into that. Yeah, if you look at, People do a dreadful, like American Airlines. You know, I couldn't tell you how many tweets I've posted about here. I'm stuck on another, on the runway, another late flight, another mechanical. You know, never hear a peep from them versus companies that, and so what it does, it just aggravates you and it gets retreated and reposted and just destroys your reputation around because people say, well, obviously they don't care. Whereas other companies say, wow, we're really sorry to hear you had a problem with such and such a thing. Let us make it right. You know, tell me how we can make this right. And, and you turn a, a, a somebody who was like a hater into an advocate who said, yeah, I had a, like me, you know, and I wrote in the book about the problem I had with Hamaker Schlemmer and how they fixed it. I spent like $4,000 with them last year buying gifts for clients and family. From a company that I was never going to do business with again because of a, a mess up that happened a couple of years ago, and then I was so impressed with the way they fixed the problem and really concerned about making the mistake that I, I'm one of their biggest advocates now. And even to, like today, I mean, I was, uh, you know, my book is. I mean, it debuted six on Publishers Weekly and ten on New York Times and one on Barnes & Noble and one on USA Today Money and one on Wall Street Journal Business. And I believe it's because of social media. And I interacted with my tribe. And as I was writing the book, I was getting feedback from people. And then as I was posting samples on there and people are sharing them all over Facebook and there was a real – I think I had more buzz on social media than for, for the launch – like three weeks of the launch than anybody, even more than J.K. Rowling or anyone, really. I mean, I just, it was amazing how much buzz I had about Risky as the new safe because they all were like part of the process. They were, even today, like I was in 
the studio. I'm recording the audio version of the book. And first thing I did this morning is I put out on Twitter, hey, I'm going into the studio to do the audible.com version of Risky. You know, what kind of bonus material would you like? And right away I started getting tweets. Yeah, oh, would you talk more about this or explain? And I actually integrated that feedback into the audio that I recorded today of the book. I mean, that's the power of how social com- uh, social media can immediately and completely uh, connect you with your tribe and really respond real time to what's happening in the market. It really can, and and uh, I love seeing companies do exactly what you're talking about and getting at, out there and asking what the customer wants rather than assuming what is best for the customer. <laughs> and and uh, people can use it brilliantly, and you've created a fabulous, fabulous following in social media, and uh, and and you've worked hard for that, and. It's it's just fabulous to see examples like you, people like you who are out there doing that, because I think it's possible for anybody who has a, a real authentic story to tell and, and truly wants to support others in their success. And it's clear that that's important to you. Yeah, and as I say in Risk is a New Safe, uh, social media is one of these things. You can't sit it out. Mobile apps are one of these things. You can't sit it out. You can't say, well, okay, is this like a fad thing that if I just sit on the sidelines for a couple of years, mm-hmm. it'll go away and I can pretend it never happened? Yeah. That's not going to be the case with these. These yeah. are fundamentally changing the way you run your business, manage your business, market your business, communicate with your customers, interact with your employees. Every aspect of business and entrepreneurship is impacted by these changes, and and they're accelerating more every day. Mm-hmm. Randy, every now and then I I go to a smaller networking event, uh, you know, a leads group type thing or something at the chamber, and I get small business uh, solo practitioner people types asking me how important social media is to you know people like dentists and and uh, realtors and and business you know uh, advisors and and it's it's really hard to give them a definitive answer because I know the social media is so far reaching and yet it can reach deep into your community as well what do you have to say to people with with that question I think it's, it plays a huge role and will can play an increasingly huge role because, again, these third-party process apps and these third-party recommendation sites. Like I can tell you, my dentist, who I did a you know gazillion dollars worth of work with, right? I'm a, he's one of his best customers. <laughs> they 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 emailed me and said, "Hey, would you please post a review on Yelp?" of the service that you had from the practice. You know, we want to be represent. That's an important site for us, for new customers. And we want them, you know, we want the people like you who've been through, because I did all these veneers and bridges, and I did all kind of work, you know. And, you know, we want your comments up there. Uh, and whether it's chiropractor, dentist, beauty salon, mom and pop store, restaurant, the, you know, like the, the, the Vito's Pizza app or the Domino's Pizza app or the Pizza Hut app, that's, that's how you order your medium pepperoni and sausage. The process app is the one that will tell you whether Vito washes his hands after he uses the bathroom. The U.S. Airways app, that's the one that says, okay, your flight is going to be at gate B-19 and it's going to leave at 240. 
The process app is going to be the one where the consumers fill in the data, and they're going to say, there's not a chance in hell your flight's leaving at 2.40 because I'm on the equipment that's supposed to pick you up in Miami, and we're still sitting on the runway in Phoenix. So your flight ain't leaving at 2.40. It's probably going to leave at 5.40. And that's why I say it, it forces transparency. It forces accountability. And that's a good thing for the companies who really do care. And any entrepreneur, again, if it's just a little mom and pop thing or a dentist, any solopreneur, uh, same thing. I mean, they can, it's even easier for them, I think, because they don't have the, the big issues of a, a huge law firm or ExxonMobil or, mm-hmm. you know, Fox Broadcasting with thousands of employees. They can use social media to to have this one voice, one face of the business, one uh, a way to show the personality and the uniqueness and the humanness of the business to their clients and their potential clients. And it's a really uh, fun and liberating thing once people understand that. Yeah, it is. I think I think where people have the blinders on is where when they think about social media and they restrict themselves to it means Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn, <laughs> you know, because it's so much bigger than that, isn't it? Yeah, and I would say when I got on social media some years back, probably five, six years ago now, where I just said, you know, I, I go down to a couple times a year, I go down to Key West. I get all, you know, I buy every book, every CD, every DVD, and all the stuff I'm interested in. And I just stack them up, and then a couple times a year, I'll throw 40 of them in a box, and I'll go down to Key West and just spend four days learning, right? Mm-hmm. So one of those I did like six years ago was the social media one. Was like, okay, I got to really check out this social media thing and see if this is something I need to do. And I did, and I said, you know what? Looks like Twitter is the biggest. So I'm going to start with Twitter. And I did that, and I concentrated on that and participated on that and learned the culture there. And then I went to Facebook next, and then I went to YouTube next. And I actually, for a, for a long time, I spent about two hours a day on social media. And for the, I really am a solopreneur myself. I mean, I'm a speaker right. and an author. I'm not a big company. I have one assistant who works in an office away from me. Um, so... And people say, two hours a day, I don't have to. But I, I just, have that. Yeah, I look Randy, at my business I, and say, what could I possibly have done during those two hours a day that would have brought me more business than the millions of dollars I received in business from social media? And I don't know the answer. Oh, that's great. We're going into our final break. We'll be right back here with Randy Gage. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Get ready to learn and play with Mrs. A, your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know that kids are only 20% of the population, but they are 100% of the future? How are you preparing your child for that future? The years between the ages of 0 and 6 are crucial for learning and development. Barbara Allison is a teacher, parent, and author on supporting children's early learning. Learning starts even before a child is born, and parents are children's first teacher. Join Mrs. A for ideas, tips, and suggestions for fun learning and play activities as she helps you support your child. Starting early is starting smart. For more on Mrs. A, her books, the show, and her blog, check out her website, 123kindergarten.com. Then, come learn and play with Mrs. A with your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here with author, speaker, and prosperity expert, Randy Gage. You can learn more about Randy at randygage.com, R-A-N-D-Y-G-A-G-E.com. And Randy, I'd like to talk about another section in your book that just sets my heart pounding. You say retail is just about dead with all of us who like to go out there and touch and feel and experience. (laughs) What are we to think of that? Yeah, uh, retail is, uh, I mean, I was thinking about, I was doing a speech on the book, a book event on Risk is the New Safe um, in Calgary uh, last week for uh, Sean Dupirin, who you know. And I was thinking, you know what I should have done? I should have done a PowerPoint presentation and, and, and said, let's look at these companies and tell me what's in common. And then put up the logos for Home Depot and Burdines and um, Best Buy and Sound Advice and Kmart. And, you know, I could think of about 40 of them. And I'd say, what, what do all these have in common? And the answer would be they all went through bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And the truth is you look at it and you say, well, these companies, these retail model is the same business model they were using 250 years ago when we brought stuff from the old world to the new world via boat and it went to ports in New York and Baltimore and Boston and went by stagecoach across the country. And stagecoach might have turned into 18-wheelers and general stores turned into department stores and mega malls. But the basic model of distribution is still 250 years old. And if anything, it's gotten worse, and there's more rack jobbers and wholesalers and parasites in the middle of the process. So online marketing is going to take a huge chunk out of that. Network marketing, direct selling companies are going to take a huge chunk out of that. And retail will, I mean, it will survive. It won't go away. There will always be a place to go to the mall, but they're going to have to really reinvent some things and recreate some of the stuff happening in the online space. 
And the online retailers are going to have the other challenge, which is, hey, how do we create the social proof aspect of what happens at the mall on Saturday afternoon? How do we create that in the online space to, to be the place where everybody goes because everybody goes there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's difficult to even imagine anything replacing that experience that, you know, where you can engage the other senses when you go to a wonderful, you know, Macy's. I love going to Macy's or, or you know, whatever, and, and, and experiencing the other people and the smells and the touches and the, you know, the sights. Uh, right, but when virtual reality is perfected, you'll be able to do that at Macy's.com. How so? Sight, sound, taste, touch, it'll all be there. Uh, you'll be plugged in your virtual reality set with your virtual reality app, and you say, I want to try on that dress. And you'll be trying it on even though you're sitting in the chair in your office. I mean, that's the kind of future we're looking at not that far away. Oh, gosh, that is scary. <laughs> so you say, okay, I want to try on that dress. So how does that look on me? And it'll show you. And you say, well, that's kind of tight. How will it look if I lose five pounds? And then it'll show how your body would look with five pounds less in the appropriate places and how the dress would look. I mean, that kind of software is really being fine-tuned even as we speak right now. Okay, so I want that as a mobile app so I can actually go into my wonderful store, touch and feel that fabulous dress and not have to try it on. (laughs) Right. I mean, with virtual reality, you're going to be able to drink tea with the Dalai Lama, eat the Last Supper with Jesus, sit in the prison cell with Nelson Mandela. I mean, anything. And it'll be sight, sound, taste, touch, touch, smell, the sweat running down your back. I mean, it will be as real. This is not like a good 3D movie. I mean, it will be so completely real. You will be in the situation. Mm. Wow. That's, it's, it's almost impossible to, to imagine as, for some of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you talk about, in your book, network marketing, and you feel it seems that that's one thing that is not soon to disappear. No, I think we're going to go into the golden era of network marketing. As Again, because I think like online marketing, they're going to take a huge share out of retail. Because this is a new business model that's very elegant. You have a network marketing company which manufactures a product, sends it to their distributors, who in many cases are the end consumer, direct, without all those parasites in the middle. And then they're the end consumer, or they're conversationally marketing their product through friends, neighbors, and relatives through things like Facebook. And, I mean, just get on Facebook and look at how many people are doing diet challenges and weight loss challenges and fitness workout things and other kind of products that they're representing. And and they're really marketing this through their social network. I mean, this is a model of the future versus, you know, the general store, which is a model for the past. Hmm. So... I, I definitely can understand that, and I, I actually recommend to many of my clients that I, if they have the right personality type and, and the right types of connections and such, that a network mo- marketing model can be a great uh, retirement fund in a way, you know, because it keeps giving. But there are some challenges, too. And, and one of the challenges that I'm seeing is because it is becoming so much more popular that every time you, 
you meet somebody new, they're immediately attacking you with their 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 fabulous product that works wonders. And people are starting to get really, really turned off to that. How do you see that resolving itself? People have to learn to market online the same way they would offline. And that's a big thing is that, you know, if you, you wouldn't just, although some people do, I mean, if you're the kind of person who, who goes to a dinner party and says, hey, wow, I noticed you could lose a couple of pounds. I've got an amazing new product. It would be perfect for you. You know, if you're the kind of person who's a jerk at a dinner party, you're, you're going to be a jerk on social media. Yeah. And if you use a little common sense and discretion and you meet somebody at a dinner party and say, wow, you know, I think that person would be a really good candidate for my business. I think I'll develop this relationship more. And as it, you know, when the time is right, I may approach them and, and see if they'd like to take a look at what I have to offer. If you do that same thing online the way you would offline, it'll work magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here's it's, the big thing. Remember this. Millions of jobs are going to be eliminated by technology. Millions of jobs are going to need to be completely retrained because of technology. And millions of other jobs are going to be eliminated because government mismanagement, when the euro collapses and governments are going bankrupt and missing out on their obligations and they're laying off hundreds of thousands of people. So millions of people are going to be coming to the decision that, Their company is not their future. Millions of people are going to be coming to the decision their boss doesn't have their best interest at heart. Millions Mm -hmm. of people are going to come to the recognition that their country does not is not financially viable retirement option, whatever, whether it's Social Security or whatever. And a lot of those people, millions of them, are going to look at network marketing, direct selling other type of home-based business and entrepreneurial businesses because they're going to want to control their own destiny. Yeah. And I think that's, that is, that is the wave of, of today, not just the future. People are getting laid off from jobs and realizing they don't want to go back to that and, uh, and really finding ways to create their fortune and, and be their own bosses. One last question for you today, Randy, talk to us a little bit about ego. You know, you hear a lot about people wanting to be, you know, they want to be authentic in their marketing. They want to be authentic and help people. And, uh, and they, they hesitate to let ego boldly stand out there and do its job. Talk to me a little bit about that. There's so many mind viruses floating around about why the ego is bad and ego is edging God out and everything. I was really influenced by Napoleon Hill, and I go back to Think and Grow Rich. He spent 20 years talking to Ford, Firestone, Wanamaker, Woolworth, Carnegie, Edison, and I say, None of those people had a small ego. I mean, read anything from Henry Ford, anything about read any of those. They didn't have small egos, right? They had healthy egos. They weren't big egos. They were healthy egos. And then fast forward to the people I'm talking about in Risky is the New Safe. Mark Cuban, Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, Oprah Winfrey, (laughs) Sir Richard Branson. None of them have a small ego either, right? So what that chapter in the book is about is how entrepreneurs, you know, high-level entrepreneurs actually harness and channel their ego for success. 
And, um, you know, the other thing, is, if you go to the earlier book, a different book, uh, Magic Keys to Riches by Napoleon Hill, he has a whole laundry list of things that he was, you could buy for $5. It was so many pounds of oxygen, hydrogen, whatever. And then it turns out, of course, it's the list of ingredients to build the average human body. So I say, well, what's even today? You could still buy them for like twenty bucks, right? So yeah. what separates us from that twenty dollars worth of supplies? I would submit it's ego, because ego is what makes us conscious of consciousness. I love that conscious of consciousness. So, Randy, thank you very, very much for being here with us today. What is one last thing that you'd like to leave our audience with? I want them to know we live in the greatest time of human history. There has never been a better time to be alive because of all these things that are going to happen in the next 10 to 15 years, because of social media, because of the cloud, because of mobile, because of health advances, research advances. There's never been a better time to create wealth. There's never been a better time to, cre- to go from broke to multimillionaire or even multibillionaire. But millions of people don't know it yet. And I wrote, because they're buying into the mind viruses, the negative, the jobs report, the economic index. So I wrote Risky is the New Safe to let them know, to really understand, this is not the dark hours. This is the greatest time to be alive, the greatest time to create wealth, and I want them to make the most of it. I love that. Thank you, Randy Gage, for gracing us with your presence and wisdom today. I hope we get to chat again soon. Thank you, Marla. Great to be on with you. Thank you. And join me next week, same time, same place, when I host Lisa Menini on our show. And Lisa is going to talk about how to reverse the sales process. So people choose you instead of you choosing them. Now, wouldn't that be fabulous? We're going to talk about the number one thing business owners are missing in their business, causing them to fall behind, and the four keys to unlock your 98% conversion rate. Thanks for joining us today. This is Marla Tabaka wishing you a fabulous week ahead. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, and if